0: Hello and welcome to Smart Businesses Do This Live. I'm your host, Adam Lyons, and today we're going to be talking about how to be an authority in your area. Now, I'm joined by four incredible people. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourselves and let everybody know who you are. You are listening to Smart Businesses Do This the podcast show for freelancers, side hustlers, and upcoming small business owners who want to transform their current business or business idea into a company that is built to succeed, simple to run, and gives you the freedom to live your life on your own terms. I'm your host, Adam Lyons. Let's get started.
1: right, hello everyone. My name is Danielle McDonald. I'm the owner of Radiant Juice & Smoothie Bar here in Bastrop, Texas. Love running a business, love marketing, love sales. It's a challenge. It's self-development. It's all the things that just light me up and so I'm excited to be here and talk about all the things.
0: Awesome.
2: Awesome. Hello, everybody. My name is Jason Smirchik. I'm the head of new business at Hotmart, hotmart hotmart.com. People, I heard one person say, is it Mark?" And I was like, no, it's H-O-T-M-A-R-T. It's actually
0: a different website, hotmart.com.
2: It is, yes. (laughs) You might want to check it out. Um, But uh, basically, we are a platform that people can sell their digital products around the world and make it easy to do so. So excited to be here. I live in Bastrop. Adam introduced me to the area. So if you ever want to come to Bastrop, come check it
3: out. Hello, my name is Cherie Warner, and I am a community builder. I have a group called Fiesta, so fiesta.community is our website, and Fiesta stands for founders, investors, entrepreneurs, startups, techies, and Austin newcomers, and we are all about helping um, individuals new to Austin and founders find the resources that would be beneficial for their journey, and with the droves of people moving to Austin, we have a lot of newcomers coming to our events on a regular basis.
4: I'm John Werner, uh, one of the co-founders of Koya. Koya stands for kindness on you. It's a gratitude platform that allows businesses to show value to their employees and to their customers by putting relationship first uh, before you start transacting. So uh, getkoya.com is the location that you can find out more about what we're doing.
0: I love that. And What I really love about these guests is you've got like, a wide range from like community builders to uh, Hotmart, which helps people become creators and, and build entire businesses on their platform and then smoothies, which I know it sounds crazy, but how often do you find somebody who runs a smoothie bar that's like, I'm going to go out and podcast. And I'm going to make sure everyone knows who I am, which <laughs> is great for today's topic, which is all about authority. Now of all the subjects that we could be talking about. This one's kind of like, it's like my jam, like authority I know. And the reason I know that is I was considered one of the top sword fighters in the world at one point. I was considered the number one dating coach in the world for three years in a row. I am now considered one of the world's up and coming authorities on mergers and acquisitions. And I'm known as one of the top people for upsells, marketing and sales completely different categories and yet I am known as one of the top in all of these fields because I have one really cool skill set and I know how to develop authority and it isn't about faking it and this is the one piece that always cracks me up because I have people say to me all the time how, how can I fake it like how can I let everyone think I'm cool and I was like it doesn't work that way you got to be real you got to be authentic like there's no point being the most well-known smoothie bar and juice bar in the world if your stuff tastes crap Right, that's that's just absolutely no point. So, what I'd love to hear from each of you is how have you gone about becoming an authority? And with specifically for these guys, to give them like some action steps. Like, so somebody sitting here right now is like, you know what? I want to be an authority in my space. I would say the first thing is you got to be authentic. It's got to be real. But assuming you
4: guys are real. What do they do next? Let's go back down the line. So, John. Sure. Yeah. So, um, so my background is in uh, computer science and technology. I've got over sixty U.S. patents uh, that are focused in technology that are around fitness, uh, speech recognition, uh, hardware, software, wearables. Uh, so, my my authority, if you will, was kind of built based on just building product, uh, making sure we got uh, things done that got great reviews in uh, the press or uh, got written up. Uh, sold well, we actually started a company back in 02 that was acquired by Adidas uh, in 09. Uh, it ended up staying with that brand for 10 years, uh, pushing the envelope in terms of uh, where we can go with uh, increasing uh, athlete performance uh, and still stay injury free. Uh, so kind of build that up just, just by doing. Mm-hmm. I love that.
3: So I actually started Fiesta um, where I'm also part of Koya, I'm a co-founder in Koya. And when the pandemic ha- happened, we found ourselves having to pivot quite a bit. And um, I was on a platform called Lunch Club and I kept meeting people who were moving to Austin and they all had the same story. They could live anywhere, but they were choosing Austin and they were startup founders and I knew it was hard to move just in general away from family so how do you help these individuals come together and so I just kind of started one step at a time and when we had our first um, event it was back in um, 2021 October and we had like 37 in our last event we do it on a monthly basis it's on the third Tuesday of every month at Capital Factory so in January we had 350 at our event and we're powered by Koya so that's how we kind of fit together but authenticity is so important I think I lead with Jen and just being available to people, I think that people can sense out if you're taking versus giving. And um, so we lead with giving and being available to others.
2: Love that. Nice. So to kind of piggyback on some of what was already said is um, I think, to me, the biggest way to build a for authority quickly is through partnerships. So that kind of encompasses podcasting. It, it encompasses getting on stages that you're speaking at events with an audience that can benefit from what you have to offer. And you're providing additional knowledge information to that audience. So just specific examples for with Hotmart as a company, so how did we help to build authority in the US market would be partnering with Billy Jean's marketing, who's a big marketing guru to San Diego, you're friends with him then. And, uh, and we basically work with folks like Adam too to bring them to our events in Brazil and then kind of help to build the market Uh, awareness in the United States and then on a personal level how do I do it to build my authority because a lot of you are business owners out there is to get on the stages like I'm saying so identify sometimes it means going to those groups being an audience member and then speaking with the, the organizer and say hey I can speak on funnels or I can speak on affiliate marketing would I be able to speak at your next event? and I can give this value to your audience and then you slowly build that up over time so you kind of pick different channels that you can kind of help to build your authority in and then focus in those routes.
1: Awesome. Um, so I guess kind of to touch on authenticity uh, for me, having a juice and smoothie bar, you know, an opening one in an area where there are so many other juice and smoothie bars, a saturated market really. Although Bashdrop didn't have one, and that was a lot of my decision to go forward with. With the concept was I was living specifically in a community that had a need, and so I think part of being authentic is as a business owner, you're providing a service is the ability to intuit your customers' needs um and to let them know that that you're doing that that you're there for them that you're trying to help them solve a problem um that they may have or that they don't even realize that they have. Um, and so then also quality consistency is really important. Um, you know, at this point, we have people coming into our bar and telling us that the quality of our product is every bit as good, if not better than a lot of like the bigger businesses um, that are in the area. And so that's just been with the commitment to maintaining quality and consistency in our product, products and our services. So um,
0: yeah, I, I, I love this and I think, you know, when we think about like, why do we want to be authority? Why do we want to have authority? You want to have authority. So you're the person people come to, to solve a problem. And so I love what you said about that importance of understanding people's needs, because if you know what the needs are and you're focused on solving it, even if you only had an audience of 10 people, right? And we say, okay, your audience is really 12 people. but. My and dad don't count. So you've got ten people that follow you on social media, but these ten people really consider you're the authority. You're the person they go to. Well, if those ten people are all willing to spend, I don't know, say a thousand dollars a month on whatever it is that you're doing, when all is said and done, you're at ten thousand a month or one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year, which is much better than almost any basic job you could get. And if you are if you double the amount of customers, you go from ten to twenty, it's two hundred. 40,000, so on and so forth, and the money builds quite rapidly. For me, the key to authority, and there's some things that I'm doing right now um, that I think is going to be very important for everyone here. So let's uh, let's really acknowledge that we've got AI. And up until AI was released, one way you could build authority was search engine optimization. You could make sure that when somebody went on Google and they searched for somewhere good in the area, they would find you. And authority became about social weight. When more people write about you, you get more reviews and what have you, that was was a great way to go. And we all learn that Google does not give you the answer you want. I know it sounds crazy because we would go to Google to get the answer, but what we got was seven ads, 1,728 pages or a few million. And then we had to then filter through the results with ChatGPT being used now as a search tool. If I say, where is a good juice bar in Bastrop? Chat GPT is going to give a single answer and it's going to say this is the juice bar in Bastrop. So authority nowadays is even more important because you can't come second in a world where Chat GPT exists because second means you don't exist. So once upon a time, it was okay to be the seventh best juice bar in a town because somebody might scroll down and be like, well, the reviews above don't look the best, but this one here looks really good. In a world of ChatGPT, there are no other options. You are not being told anything else. In a world of paid advertising, ChatGPT could be trained to only state the person that paid the most amount of money. And this is a world where then authority becomes more important than ever. Because now we have to consider we may not be able to rely on online searching for business. That, that could be a thing. And so you have to ask yourself then, in, in whose mind is it important to be an authority? And, and I loved your answer, which is why I wanted to say, in, in, for Danielle's business, it's actually the mind of her customers. Mm. It's so important that however many customers walk in that store, walk out saying, This is the best Smoothie Place and Bastrop. There is no other that's worth going to. So as they write, and they write reviews, and they interact, the AI picks up on that. And even if it doesn't, they're going to bring in customers themselves. And the way I've always developed authority has always been by being the absolute best at what I do. So um, you know, I have a a private training. I charge $120,000 a year to train somebody privately, but when I work with them, I very have to tell them what they're going to get. I'm not like, oh, we're going to talk on the phone this many hours. We don't discuss hours. We don't discuss coaching or anything. I look at them and I say, so I'm not going to fail you. That's step one. And they're like, well, how, you know, what am I going to get for that? You're going to get no failure. I was like, if I fail, you can just have your money back. Like if, if I actually fail you, like I, I'm not after that, I'm just going to succeed. So why don't we just write down what it is that we want to hit and we're going to make that happen. And that level of authority, I'm not talking about tricking an algorithm to get eyeballs. I'm I'm talking about delivering an amazing value add, which was something that you mentioned a moment ago, which is super important. What I'm curious about is have you ever been in an industry where there was somebody else that had authority but couldn't deliver it? Have you got a competitor where you're like, you know that they're not delivering authentically, but somehow they have got authority. And what was that like to deal with? If, if you either dealt with it in the past or if you still deal with it, or hopefully maybe you've never dealt with that situation. Um, How about you?
1: Um, well, I'll say it's being in Bastrop. If if I, my business was in Austin I would probably say, yes, Mm -hmm. that were the case, but being in Bastrop and being the only type of business currently that does what we do, I haven't run Into that yet, which is
0: great. Yeah, I mean, mean, which is a great position to be, and this is actually the power of what I'm talking about with what ChatGPT potentially offers everyone. You potentially, it potentially offers you the place where only you exist, Um, and that's that's why monopolies. And sounds crazy because I'm about to call you a monopoly, which you kind of are. But that's why monopolies are illegal uh, because at the highest level, if you're a true monopoly and you're stopping anyone being able to join in. Every, you get every amount of money and I always tell everybody there's a winning bonus, right? If there are two smoothie stores in Bastrop or two juice, juice and smoothie stores, here's what would happen. Some would go to one, some would go to the other and the money would be split in two and some people wouldn't be able to decide. Yeah. When there's only one, you get all of them and the people that can't decide go with you because So you get like this boost, this added revenue boost. So It's a wonderful place to be for as long as you can be there. And that that position of first allows you to basically dominate the area and be known as, you know, I mean, you can always say you're the first smoothie and fruit juice. No one can take that from you. It's like, we're first, right? Yeah, but, and you get to own that because even when three others turn up, you still get to call yourself the first and they're like, no, but we're better. It's like, yeah, but I'm first.
1: Yeah, and I think that becomes more relevant and you can play on that as, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, which is is fabulous. So it's just, it's just hitting the ground. I love that. You're in a great position. Uh, Jason. Sure let's see
2: well so in our space we also it says platform and a payment processor right there's a big payment processor I won't name the name but they do sometimes withhold funds from an entrepreneur so imagine you've made $100,000 in sales on a weekend because you had a big launch then this payment processor says we're not going to give you that $100,000 for six months because it looks shady we've never seen so much money come in over a weekend in your account and we're going to hold it so we've never had that issue in over 11 years so that to me it's they've got the authority because we've started outside the u.s coming into the u.s and we're not first but so that's just kind of a an, an area where we have that uphill battle where had we been first or one of the main competitors like the smoothie store we don't we not have that issue but that's not always going to be the case in business too is that you're the first so that tricky part is then how do you then establish that authority when people know this name of the market that maybe isn't best serving them
3: hmm. um I, so, like I said, we started Fiesta as we were coming out of the pandemic and I was very cognizant that there were authorities that were already, um, doing events and things for startup founders. And, um, what I decided to do was to try and collaborate with those that were out there and bring them in and and see what was missing. And what I found out was that so long as I was just focusing on doing what I was doing, which was the 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 people that were coming to our event were like I said mostly new to Austin they didn't know about these other people and we just kind of kept delivering on helping them find the resources and the services and the connections that were going to be beneficial for their journey and what I found out is that all ships rise and um, I have become kind of known as a startup mama because I am older and I am kind of newer in this And, and at first I was allowing that to kind of disqualify me Um, And I had a huge imposter syndrome, but then I realized I just have to do what I do best, which is, you know, being available, welcoming people and delivering on um, what we were trying to do. And so um, that's where we were.
4: I love it. Yeah, so we we actually made a pivot in January as part of our uh, as part of the Koya business. We're now building uh, a software that helps manage uh, events like the one that we're here today. Uh, nice. It actually will uh, walk you through RSVPs, uh, print badges with QR codes where you can scan and follow up with the people you're there. Well, this is actually a crowded space. Uh, there are some really big players uh, that are that have market caps over a billion dollars in this space. So we know we need to become an authority at us you know, at a at a level where it it's not as interesting for them initially, uh, but something we could actually excel at and then grow out of that space. So our our strategy uh, to go in and become the authority is really focusing on the on on more personal interactions and communication and connections uh, between folks that attend uh, conferences like this, and then grow out of that uh, into the larger ones. So that just gives us a a path forward. I love that. There was something that was said a few times here that I think it's really worth uh, recognizing,
0: which is the power of partnering for authority. Um, the reason that I was able to get known in the mergers and acquisitions space was not because I was amazing at mergers and acquisitions initially. It was because the person I learned from was one of the best in the industry. And I decided to go all in on my relationship with that guy. So as I studied under him, um, I made a point to aid him, help him work out what he needed. And I put a lot of groundwork into making sure that he had all the deals that he needed. Consequently, um, every time he needed help, I was the default to go to because I was the person that, you know, wasn't greedy. I was just genuinely trying to learn and genuinely trying to help him. After a while, he got to a point that he relied on me. And now whenever he runs his big mergers and acquisitions trainings, he'll phone me up and be like, Hey, I need you here. Can you come here? And even say to me, what should we teach today? And I'm like, you're the boss. How about we teach this? And he goes, that's a great idea. That's what we're going to teach. And it got to the point that I was seen next to him so often that I actually, I got a phone call yesterday from guys that are doing like a billion dollar startup and they're in like crowd a funding. And they were like, Hey, we kind of want you involved. And I'm like, why? And they go, well, the other guy said, no. And so, and it was like, okay, so, you know, I'm, I'm person two, but that's kind of cool because these opportunities go. So I think it's really important in an industry where you're not the only one, Danielle, not all of us have that benefit, um, but in an industry like that, you know, if I was going to open a fruit and smoothie bar, for example, in Bastrop, I would probably reach out to Danielle first and be like, hey, I'm planning on opening a, a juice and smoothie bar and I'm aware that that's going to infringe on your market. Um, can we talk about how we could do this together? are there is there a certain clientele that you won't go after like for example i I don't know but like um do you cater to the bodybuilding crowd at all yeah okay do you cater to the vegan crowd yes which would you say is more
1: probably the vegan
0: more the vegan so so this is where i would go i would say to you would it be cool if i created a bodybuilding one that only did bodybuilding and we didn't do vegan and then suddenly that might be something you're open to and then we could have a discussion about that and be like hey are you down for cross promotion can we you know make sure that we send people each way and and i'm gonna sell gym equipment out of mine to make it really clear (laughs) that we're not a juice and smoothie bar we just happen to be a gym equipment shop that has two and smoothies, right? And so, so suddenly it becomes more acceptable. Obviously, in the dream world, you're like, actually, could you please go to Elgin? but, <laughs> right. um, but
1: Go away. Right. Yeah, please
0: just leave. But but you have a better chance of surviving together. And there are so many industries where I've been in when the key to becoming authority is partnering with the people at the top and understanding that you're probably going to have to pay to play, but in doing so, you're going to be welcomed as opposed to any kind of animosity. Sure. So, cool. All right. Um,
3: yeah, please. I, I, I was going to add to that. I think one of the things with Fiesta, we're kind of like the Ellis Island of Austin. People are kind of landing there, but it's not about Fiesta. It's about me helping the founders or us helping the founders find the communities that are going to be beneficial to them. So, if you're a CPG startup, um, we would kind of direct you in that path because those are the people who have authority and that are going to be able to be most beneficial. And and so, and it, it kind of is a recipe that happens because if you're directing that way, then people are kind of talking about what we're doing also. So it's a give and take.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I think most people don't understand how few customers you need to run a good business. Like, you know, I gave an example earlier of 10 customers paying a thousand bucks, but it works just as well with, you know, a hundred customers paying a hundred bucks. Like that's great. And it's not a lot of people. The entire Bastrop County area has a hundred thousand people and you only need a hundred people paying a hundred bucks. To be somewhat viable and yeah you may not be able to have that giant space that you want and hundreds of employees but it's a start and I think one of the things I've seen with scaling companies is if you're not profitable at 50 customers, you're going to really struggle at 5,000 really badly because the percentages kind of stay the same all the way. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of any kind of startup being like, hey, when you get your numbers right straight out the gate? Why don't you pay yourself accordingly? That entire amount of money isn't yours and put it into the right place. Uh, let, let's talk a minute about the future of authority. I I noticed that Um, recently a lot of self-proclaimed experts online are coming under fire and if you look at the comments of what happens on people's social media accounts when they are announcing themselves as some kind of expert people are starting to question a lot more often under what authority who said so and i've got a a really good case that i want to share with you guys none of like no one in this room will know this case except me but there's a guy by the name of dku y-o-o and dku was a self-professed martial arts self-defense expert and he had 700,000 followers on Instagram and I'm sure he had a lot more followers on other platforms but 700,000 and he challenged Manny Pacquiao to a boxing match. Manny Pacquiao being one of the world's top boxers of all time and Manny Pacquiao agreed and the reason this is important is because they did this televised boxing match and it was very similar to what we saw with Logan Paul and um, you know going up against um I should he go up against Mayweather. Um, he went up against Mayweather, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm heavily interested in this, but I'm interested because it was a self-professed authority that was showing videos of him doing martial arts that looked good. Well, he gets destroyed by Manny, absolutely destroyed. What was really fascinating, what I wanted to watch was, what would happen to his social media followers afterwards? Because there's a gamble and I'm actually curious to see what you guys think. Did his followers increase because of the exposure? I mean, he's fighting in a boxing ring with Manny Pacquiao on a televised event that is like pay-per-view or did it decrease because he lost authority? So I'd be, super, I know the answers. I'm super curious what you guys think. If you had to gamble, what would you
4: say? Uh, yeah, I would probably say that he it increased, okay. uh, And I, I, it just reminds me of a- an old proverb where it's like, Hey, uh, don't go sit at the front of the table. Wait until you're called up there. That's a, that's really important. Uh, you you don't, don't make an assumption, uh, be asked to come up. And then that's probably a better way to position yourself, uh, is through not self-promotion, but through other people pulling you up. I love that.
3: Yeah, I, I would say it increased also because social media is this very interesting beast in and of itself. And probably because of the comments and the followers that he had were, you know, kind of taking jabs and stuff at Mm -hmm. him is what I would think.
2: Yeah. So I would like to say it didn't increase, but I think (laughs) I agree with you guys that it probably did because this is the world we're living in today. And it reminds me of that uh, documentary about Anna. I forget the last name, but scammed a bunch of people out of money, yada, yada. But she's still got a million plus followers online. And I'm like, "Uh, I wouldn't follow her, but hey, that's cool. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I'll just stick with the consensus. I think it increased, but I guess you just have to decide at what cost um, or in what way do you want to build your authority. You oh, know,
0: I love that. I love what you guys answers. And, and so I'm really fascinated with generation Z. The reason I'm fascinated with Gen Z is they don't follow anything that we've seen from Gen X or, or, or millennials or anything. They are a new crowd. His audience halved. And I want to share this with you because his audience was Gen Z and Gen Z has a serious issue with inauthenticity, Mm -hmm. a real issue. They grew up in a world where they were fed lies. They grew up in a world with fake pretenders, of people pretending to be amazing at online games and cheating, and Gen Z pointed it out, and they lose, not just their followers, they'll they'll get deplatformed. They'll, so Gen Z is really strict about this. And I, I love it, because I, I did wonder, because obviously we skew above Gen Z here, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And this is why I said I wanna talk about the future of authority, because I actually believe I think during the last 15 years, you could be an authority and even if you were fake, you could still gain followings because we almost wanted to watch the disaster. I actually believe Gen Z does not want to watch the disaster. It wants it to collapse, wants to watch it fall and then moves on and loses interest as you are branded now inauthentic. So the, the reason I'm sharing this is, um, like I said, I'm very good at building authority. This is what I've done. And, and I've done that through authenticity, which is always, served me a long time. But um, my my background has been in uh, psychology and understanding humans, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I never went to school for it. I never got my degree. I never, uh, I completed high school barely. And last year I just completed my bachelor's degree in psychology and I, I got my degree after 10 years, but uh, thank you. So yes, yeah, so I, I actually did it because I actually believe that there is gonna be a push for formal education being important again. And I'm, I'm gambling on this because I, I've looked and I've seen over the last 10 years in a world where you can become very successful by pretending to be smart and saying, I don't need an education, I don't need the qualifications, I can just do this. And I was the king of telling everyone, yeah, I made loads of money without the qualifications because I'm really good at what I do. But for every one of me or every one of you guys, There were 20 people that were not real and as they got found out to be fake like for me when I eventually decided to sit down and get my degree actually wasn't that difficult like because I know my subject and so this year I'm doing my masters and I'll complete my masters at the end of the year. and I'm going to go straight through and do the doctorate to give myself that added weight of authenticity to help with authority moving forward. And actually, I, I get to teach at UT uh, in the next couple of weeks for the first time ever, which I'm, thanks, I'm super excited about. So, so my question back down to you guys is, if you've thought about it or if not, in what ways do you plan to evolve and continue to develop your own authenticity and authority in the future?
1: Well, I guess that's a really cool question. Um, So, for me, uh, I have a degree in wellness science. I'm a certified health coach and a life coach. Like, I've been doing wellness since 2010. And so it kind of it's cool that you brought, brought it up in that way because I had never really thought of it like my evolution but so I set the groundwork for the juice bar and knew I was always going to land on something eventually and then it did end up being the juice and smoothie bar um, as far as continuing to grow and evolve like I believe in continu- continued education always like I try to learn something new every day you know um, I would like to get into I'm well and I'm going to be getting into more like nutrition coaching health
0: coaching things like that um, I, I'm just blown away like I don't about you guys, I've never heard of a juice bar or a smoothie bar ran by somebody who's actually got the credentials like and and you know i haven't walked into the bar yet but i would love to know that when i come in the person behind it is like oh by the way i didn't just come up with some smoothie recipes this is what i do <laughs> well
1: when i first started the bar i did have like my credentials on the wall because <laughs> i felt like you I know think that's cool not yeah. that anymore you know um but yeah because for that reason i think people were wondering why should i buy from you like yeah. why, why why is your product better i like, and- want to
0: see a picture of you with like your credentials and- next to it and it's just like you know i didn't just make i didn't just make these recipes off the internet bro you know like (laughs) i know my stuff i don't know that's cool i love that
2: nice Well, let's see. So in sales, because that's what I do all day long, is uh, with authenticity and building authority. So I think what's really important is messaging. And to basically, you know, everybody's going to say the positive points about their product and why you should buy, why you should use Hotmart or what have you, right? And everybody's going to have case studies. And they're going to say, this person, 10x, their results or 50% uh, GMB up, right? But I think, too, uh, over time, it's important to, as you're saying, uh, basically highlight the areas that we've seen the hiccups in right because no business is perfect I think there's always room for per- improvement because nobody's perfect no business is perfect so basically being transparent with those folks to say these are where we're seeing the areas that need some improvement this is where we really crush it so if you feel that this is going to help you crush it with us where we're strong then work with us and that way we are improving this components here but this is the way it stands today so and then to your point about authenticity as well just kind of because I know you about like love AI right or right, if you guys saw this deep fake about Tom Cruise on LinkedIn. It's all over online, but they basically just kind of stole his image and made him take off a shirt or something. But, uh, but the point is, is that I think with blockchain and with AI technology, they're going to be certifications or some type of almost like a blue check that we see on Instagram or what have you to say, this indeed is Tom Cruise, or this indeed is Adam Lyons in this video so that we own our authenticity and own our authority. Right. Cause I think that's going to be a big change a big shift with AI in the future. No, I agree. I love that.
3: Um, well, I'm kind of an anomaly because I never anticipated doing what I'm doing. I kind of came into this later in life. I've always been a community builder as I look back, but it wasn't called a community builder back then. And um, I think the authenticity, I'm. I'm the, the crowd that I'm working with are these Gen Zs. They're young. They're like in their 20s and 30s and doing startups. And I, I think that by being available and by leading by, Example, um, it has been kind of endearing. I'm, I'm their biggest cheerleader. I'm looking for ways to promote and help them. And without, you know, saying you give me this, um, it's all about giving. Um, but I'm very much about realizing the importance of always growing and, and being open to new opportunities.
4: I love that. Yeah, I would. I would uh, add that one of the things that we we focus on uh, is is making sure our customers become our best advocates. Uh, they become our our. Sales salespeople, not paid advertising. It's more word of mouth. It's more working with people that become uh, your biggest cheerleaders out in the world. So it p- goes back to your partnering uh, conversation where, Hey, if we can partner with the right, uh, the right folks that could then be saying things to other, to their circle of friends, that's how we'd rather grow the business. Mm-hmm. And that's like first person referral is much better than any other referral you can have. Uh, and it just kind of helps build upon that authenticity because if they trust that person, they're going to trust their decisions to use you know, the recommendation they're making to use our, our services. I love that uh, first-person recommendation thing. It's actually
0: funny. I've got a, a couple of buddies in the audience. We were having dinner the other night, and uh, he knows who he is. Uh, but we were hanging out, and we were talking about the best way to get referrals from people that, that you haven't worked with is to find something in common that you know that your ideal client avatar has in common. And uh, I'm, I'm gonna leave this as my my final uh, golden nugget. And I'm gonna ask each of you to share one, one tip in a moment. But for me, it's gonna be like, if I know that my ideal customer enjoys spending the weekend golfing, mm. then the most authentic way I can relate to them is rather than selling my services, rather than pitching them, rather than emailing them, it's actually to take up golf, spend my time getting to understand why my ideal customer loves golf put the time in to actually learn it authentically be good at it so that when i meet people out with golf i'm not thinking how am i going to make a sale i'm thinking how can i have a really cool discussion about golf knowing that that person is 90% likely to be my ideal customer and then when they follow me online or when they talk to me about what i do they're like oh my gosh i've been looking for somebody to do this and that sale will come so smoothly so easily and it will be the most authentic version and I'm not relying on chat GPT Google I mean, I'm not relying on anything else other than the fact that I'm connecting with somebody over something that I genuinely love and so that's gonna be my golden nugget to leave you guys with but I would love each of you if you could um, here at smart businesses do this we like to say smart smart businesses do and then what would you say smart businesses do so I'll get one from you Yeah,
4: I'd say smart businesses uh, do personal uh, do one-to-one uh, personal Personal things best, meaning they take the time, they take the energy to invest in the people that they're trying to have relationships with first, then transact second. Uh, that would be my my golden nugget. Relationships that. first. Very cool.
3: Yeah, mine's pretty much the same. Uh, relationships trump um, transactions, and it's taking time to um, be and meet with the, the folks that you're um, kind of serving, um, and, and seeing what their pain points are and figuring out how you can kind of help guide and direct them on their journey.
2: So smart businesses, when they have the successful cases, successful customers that are happy also kind of basically ask for testimonials in a way that, so that's very authentic, right? It's from the customer themselves. And then basically too, what I like to see is kind of elevating the customer. So if the customer uh, got benefit from your services and you have a podcast or you have a way to kind of basically highlight what they do in their own life with their own business, I like to spotlight them. So take the spotlight off of myself. Let's spotlight the results they've achieved and then get the word out and help promote them as well. Well, That's a good one.
1: Uh, I would say smart businesses, um, Bring originality while also sticking to what they know works and then putting the interests and well being of their customers and staff first.
0: Love that. That's great. So, um, this episode of Smart Businesses Do This Live was brought to you by The Working Vacation, where we take business owners on a seven day vacation to not only transform their business, but to make sure they work less hard while doing it and spend more time with their family. If you're interested in learning more, you can go to theworkingvacation.com. Thank you ever so much. Let's have a round of applause for these wonderful people. Now, if you're new to the podcast and you want to learn more about how to build a smart business, then the absolute best place to start is with my Smart Blueprint ebook. Over 10,000 people have already gone through the book and it's one of the most comprehensive resources on strategically building and growing your business that you can find anywhere for free. Just visit the smartblueprint.com forward slash ebook to grab a free copy. And I'll see you on the next episode of Smart Businesses Do This.